0: of The Risen Podcast. Uh, So today we have our fourth, no, second guest, (laughs) fourth episode. And this is such a special guest for me. She is one of my best friends, uh, my confidant, my fashionista, (laughs) and the only friend that I have that watches Netflix in French. However, (laughs) I am honored and blessed to have her. Um, So without further ado, Genesis Leon, thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. And honestly, I'm so excited to hear your testimony.
1: How are you today? I'm doing excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you for your obedience. Um, Thank you for choosing to go full throttle on this, even though the times have been, you know, a little scary. They've been a little iffy, so I just want to honor you and just say how proud of you I am, first of all. Thank you. For, for continuing to do this and for doing it with such excellence. And I love your vision, so I'm super excited to be here.
0: Thank you. Yeah, so honestly, The Risen is about us and how we have risen from our ashes, how God has brought us out of things that we never thought imaginable. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, like, who were you before God?
1: Right, so um, <clears throat> I think the best description that I can give before God, pre-Christ me, um, BC, Steph- BC <laughs> Gen BC, would be um, I was bound. I was completely, totally and utterly bound and so angry too. You know, I'm a person that is not angry by nature, but I lived so many things that caused so much anger that I was just so, so mad before and at God, first and foremost. I wasn't, you know, my anger first came with God. And then I started realizing that it was other people that were causing this anger. So I was definitely bound and completely angry before God, Um, you know. Were you raised in, in
0: religion? Are we raised with God?
1: No. So, you know, in order for you to get the full scope of where my emotions came from with this, um, we have to start in the beginning. Tell me Genesis. <laughs> so, um, I definitely did not grow up Christian. Um, I am an immigrant from Venezuela. And my parents brought me here when I was seven years old. And my life in Venezuela was very different than what it is here um my mom is a jehovah's witness okay my dad is catholic and i am christian okay so and (laughs) my love that dynamic (laughs) and i'm you know i want to give you the full scope of who i am and what christ has done in my life and and i have to you know talk about uh where my parents come from and all of that and i just want to say that I love my parents so, so, so much. So I want to do them right by by showing people the truth, but also making sure that people know, like my parents are the greatest thing that has ever happened to me, even though I'm growing eyes. up yeah. like I didn't see it that way. Growing up, I, I honestly hated them yeah, um, been there as a teenager, you don't even know what to think. And a lot of the stuff that you do think is negative. So I did grow up with a lot of resentment for my parents. My parents are this single-handedly like the best humans that God has ever placed in my life. Um, but I did grow up very confused, um, you know, having parents that don't follow the same religion and that talk to you about different things uh, really doesn't give a child much of a choice to like make up their own mind or go down one solid path. Like I was always, Like, it's okay to do this, but it's not okay to do that. You know, we're going to do this, but we're not going to do that. And I was always left out because Jehovah's Witness have, they have a very strict way of life, have a very strict, you know, religion. And I wasn't allowed to do 95% of the things that most kids my age did. So that was kind of like the start. But my dad, who is not Christian, but he does believe in God, obviously, um, he received a word I now know it was a word from God, but back then he didn't really know like, yeah. what it was, you know? <laughs>
0: Somebody just told him something.
1: He No, he downloaded it. Like, it was oh, something that he divine. downloaded. It was, yeah, it wasn't anything that he got told, but th- we came here right before uh, Chavez stepped into presidency. Okay. Um, and it was because my dad said it, and he, I remember it so clearly. He told me, things are getting bad. We have to go. And we sold absolutely everything, like the last shirt on our back. We I gave up all my Barbies. It was so sad. Um, but we left everything behind and we came here Um, but my life over there unfortunately i was early on very exposed to a lot of things that children really don't need to be exposed um too and it wasn't because my parents did anything wrong or they intentionally put me in that scenario it was just that my parents worked so 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 hard that i was left you know under the care of uh, you know other adults in the family. right of course and it takes a village it takes a village and it was totally normal and i definitely don't fault my parents or at least i've made peace with anything that i could have thought about you know that but um at uh, about five years old i was you know, unintentionally introduced to the spirit of lust okay. because I had, um, I had somebody, I don't remember who it was, but I had uh, somebody that was around in the neighborhood, an older guy. He was probably like, I don't know, 18. And he took advantage of me one day and it wasn't, you know, he didn't rape me or anything, but he, I remember being left with hickeys all over my body. And right. I was five years old and I didn't know what was going on. And so my parents were really, really, really upset. And obviously that turned into a bigger deal, but um, that was like the first introduction of that spirit that like, you know, kind of just took over. And um, not only that, but you know, the people around me, older, you know, women, there was a lot of drinking, there was a lot of smoking, there was a lot of partying. I saw a lot of promiscuous behavior and all that stuff kind of like, it didn't awaken in me at that age, but it definitely, like, Seeds. came. it was a seed Seeds. and it didn't really fester until I came here to the States. So, um, you know, uh, there was always a lot of when I, I remember being in Venezuela and I was always put in situations where my life was like tested. Like, I remember my mom tells me the story all the time. I was just a baby and we were held up, you know, at gunpoint in a in a in a supermarket. Uh, and I don't know how on earth I managed not to say anything, but my mom was able, there were several people that got held up. My mom was able to hide and run with me, and I I didn't say a word. I didn't scream. I didn't yell. I didn't cry. And, like, you know, several people were injured that day fatally, and my mom and I were not one of those people. Like, you know, Um, and just situations like that that have happened that I see now. God has given me, like, this fresh view, and I realize, like, It wasn't that something bad happened to me. It's that God protected me from From that situation. Right. Um, And so fast forward to um, 2002, which was when we finally came here. Um, I was so excited. You know, I was so excited to finally see my dad after so many months because he migrated here first. And um, I'm a daddy's girl. Yeah, (laughs) You know, I I am. Uh, My dad and I have had definitely our fair share of, not so good moments but the, the good ones supersede the bad, the bad. you know yeah. and um, i was so excited to see him and i remember having a pool for the first time downstairs like you know uh being able to walk to school in venezuela i didn't have any of this right. you know i come from very humble beginnings Beginning. my parents did the best that they could with us and what you see here is a product of like a ton of hard work and effort but my parents definitely weren't as blessed in that sense like my dad was abandoned by his mom at a very young age, and he has you know, uh, several brothers and sisters, and he grew up under a lot of poverty, under a lot of stress. I mean, you know, all this other stuff. And then my mom was completely unrecognized by her father. And she was unfortunately abused a lot as a, as a child, and she had to endure a lot of, a lot of um, you know, just a lot of abuse, a lot of neglect, a lot of hurt, trauma as a kid. So my parents, you know, definitely changed that with me. Right. Um,
0: they wanted to do better. They, they came wanted here. to do
1: better. And yeah. they wanted to do it the way that they knew how. Again, I'm like looking back and I'm like, man, like my mom and my dad weren't even agreeing on the spiritual atmosphere Aspect, yeah. of the home. And I'm still here standing like, wow, you Grace, know, that's, baby. that's God. <laughs> um, so, th- you know, coming here was definitely eye-opening because I, I realized that life was different. Life was definitely different. Yeah. I didn't have any more family other than my parents and my, my brother because my sister wasn't born at the time. And I left everything that I knew behind. And with that came a lot of introduction to things that I had no idea were coming for me. Um, so elementary school was great. But uh, when middle school came about, uh, that's when things got bad. Okay. <laughs> that's when things got pretty bad because um, that spirit of lust that we were talking about, that's when it was like fully festering. Like it was just, it was rotting. It was like, it just needed to come out. And so it did, it came out. Um, You know, I remember uh, meeting the boy (laughs) that changed absolutely everything for me in middle school. Um, We were on and off for several years and never in the way that I wanted to be treated like I was never um adorned yeah you know and as a kid you don't know any better and at this time you know my parents and I were not in agreement with anything like this is when my eyes as a teenager started opening up I was about 13 years old and this is when my eyes started opening up to like what am I even following with you guys? (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? How are you going to tell me this, but you're going to tell me not to do that? And how are you going to keep me from doing this, but not expect me to, it it was just so much confusion yeah and i was so upset at them because i was like i just want to live my life yeah like i just want to go out and have fun with my friends why does everything have to be so deep why does everything have to be so annoying um it was yeah i think
0: about like myself in those moments and i mean I, i was born and raised here but i have hispanic Parents, yeah. that it's like sometimes it's you do as I say, not as I do. But then I'm like, but girl, you're doing you're doing things <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to do, and then you're telling me not to do them. And I think that so many times as parents, and now that I'm a new parent and you're a parent, mm-hmm. I realize like my daughter just wants a relationship with me, right? Like, hey, I personally don't agree with that, but like, let me hear your side. Yeah, what? Tell me why you want to do that, girl. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me what the thought process is in that moment. Because I think of myself now, obviously, with God. Mm-hmm. He's taught me so much on how to be a parent. And it came from learning how to be a child. 100%. You know, like learning 100%. how to be that effective child with God has taught me how to be a better parent. So if I go to him and I'm like, God, like, I just don't get it. He's not going to be like, well, too bad. <laughs> But that's no, literally what it is. That's I literally know. what you
1: face. And I don't want exactly. to knock down my Hispanic culture because I love I, I know. being Hispanic. I don't take that away from anything. I know. You but give me arepas every time we every go to your time, house. Every time. But that's like the normal scene. Yeah, it's that's like, a normal mindset. I'm your parent. You don't do you don't do what i'm like doing you do what i'm telling you exactly and as a kid you know i i really do try to give that to my son Mm -hmm. you know i do try to let him know that like his feelings his emotions his thought process it matters there's a fine line between coddling your child and just really wanting to be there and understanding and being present about what they're going through because if i don't get it Somebody else will.
0: Yeah, like, if I don't teach them, the world will, you I, know? And we're not going to, we're, we're not we're, doing that. We're
1: about, to know, we're about to find out what the world taught you, Jen. We're not doing <laughs> that. So, we're not doing that. But, um. so, yeah, so, I mean, you know, those teenage years were so rough. Yeah. And this particular relationship took me to pits of despair and disgust mm-hmm. with my own self that, I was left with nothing and I was suffering silently, you know? And I, I tried to take my life twice. My parents still don't even know that, you right. know? Um, But I tried to take my own life twice because I was just hurting so badly as a result of like my own actions. And I didn't have anybody there to guide me or tell me anything because at that point, anything that I told my parents, wrong, wrong. You're grounded, You d- again, they were doing the best that they could with what they knew exactly but at that moment it wasn't what was best for me right so i was going down this like entire rabbit hole of just sadness promiscuity yeah. i was opening myself up to drugs to sex to rock and roll to the whole shebang mm-hmm. everything that my parents did not want me to be i slowly started Listen, becoming that we're person here. i was like you know looking at myself and i'm like i'm that i am that person i'm that person um and i just remember you know making like friendships that were not really edifying me that they weren't taking me down a good path but it's all i had right and that's it's all like I wanted. somebody's
0: listening to me yeah and anybody
1: I just, <laughs> and i just wanted to be myself and this whole time i'm like god who yeah. i'm like who's god we're like we're not knocking on you one know? more door nothing <laughs> i'm not doing nothing i'm not going to know kingdom hall i'm not doing anybody i'm not doing any studies and then at, in seventh grade, my world was flipped upside down. Um, my dad had a work accident that under any other circumstance would have killed him on the spot or it could have killed any of his employees. But God is just so good that my, I didn't lose my dad. My dad lost a limb. My dad is now an amputee and he doesn't have you know his half of his right leg. Um, but I have my dad. Oh, glory to God. And that particular accident just it i mean it rocked us like it rocked us all you know i remember like fainting in school i remember just like not wanting to see anybody talk to anybody i remember just crying myself to sleep so many yeah. times my dad was in the hospital for months
0: right like
1: you relearning
0: know, therapy sh- uh, yeah everything the going whole into an
1: icu as a child is really not i could see why there's age limits yeah. because like it's you know it. it it's traumatizing so um you know but my dad even though he's not walking with the lord and he's not like fully declared himself as a christian like even back then god showed me how present he was because my dad and everybody that knew him told him this where's your joy coming from Mm. my dad came out of the hospital with not one with one leg missing and he went straight to work obviously he had to take care of us but more than that like he did it with this joy in his face and he said i refuse to stay in that bed and to die sad depressed because i'm missing a leg that's not gonna happen that's not gonna happen and so we have life yeah but (laughs) but but, but, this was happening at the time that i felt like i was completely dead right so i was looking at my dad like you gotta be kidding me man like what what are you doing i even kind of was like
0: you're, you're lying okay,
1: like, like you're lying you know there's no way that you're actually happy right now um but he was and that whether i realized it back then or not it definitely impacted me right and i carry that with me everywhere i go because he still this day reminds me like i love you so much that i get up in the morning for you guys you know um and so that was seventh grade and then and then i and then you go to high school and then and then high school things just get even worse yeah You know, the high school is heightened. It's (laughs) yeah. So high school, higher deals, higher (laughs) issues, higher problems, higher atmospheres, higher atmospheres. Like I was on drugs like the whole time. Right. I don't even remember high school, to be honest. Like I was really um, hanging around the wrong crowd, you know, skipping class to go smoke feed behind whatever. Right. Just doing whatever I could. And then like sleeping with whoever I wanted to, because that's just what, what for. Like, yeah. You know, I'm. I don't have the support of my parents. I don't have a god. I don't get along with my siblings. And whatever friendships I have, or whatever, you're gonna. Oh, we're gonna. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna l- love me. Like you know. Yeah. let's Let's love on each other, because that's all. Like really, we want is to be loved, and we think that that's what it's gonna be when you're that age. But it was so the opposite. Right.
0: And you like. I feel like slowly but surely, you put yourself in a position that it's like, okay, anything, we're just running based on emotion at this point. Like, whatever, so I don't have to feel this, so I don't have to feel this pain. I've been there. there was like, no logic. Yeah, there's like, oh my gosh, feeling, run. Like, and that, we're not leaving. only the
1: feelings, but like you mix the feelings with substance abuse. Oh, yeah. You have a giant problem. Yeah, like a monster, like snowball. I wasn't even remembering how I was getting home. Like, I wasn't remember you know, I was like knocked out for days on end because, I, you know, and um my parents were really upset yeah (laughs) a little mad they were really upset i mean you know of course you know i would be upset too but at that point i didn't really know that i was hurting them um
0: so in all of this like how did god meet you or how did you meet god how was that encounter
1: yeah um so completely uh, out of the blue, like I always ran from God, but God was like so right there the whole time that even in my complete submersion of I'm not going to be in anything God related, mm-hmm. God said, you thought. And so, <laughs> so I was 17 um, and I was left in the house completely alone. Um, my parents said, forget you, like you're in trouble, like you got you gotta, you gotta stay. I was literally Cinderella at that moment. And at that moment, we were in a really big transition phase. Obviously after my dad's accident, a lot of things happened financially that left us in a really bad position. So we were living in a two bedroom, we were a family of five. We were living in a two bedroom condo and our life was literally in boxes. Like mm-hmm. everything that we owned was in boxes and we didn't even unpack because we said this was a transition. We got to leave here fast. We ended up staying there for like a year, but that's besides the point. That day, I decided that I was gonna clean, like my parents said. I was like, I'm gonna clean, and but before that, I'm gonna take a little quick t- trip to my drug dealer's house. Love that. So I went to my <laughs> drug dealer's house, and I got high. And that day, um, I remember seeing things that day that made me uncomfortable that had never before made me uncomfortable, like. I remember seeing her as a girl I remember seeing her little brother who was like eight years old at the time and he was witnessing us and like you know there was things that he was talking about and I just saw so much exposure in that sitting and I was like this is not good like something in my something in me was like staring and I was like this isn't good and before that I I didn't really care Um, and so I said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I gotta go. Um, I left, and I went home to go clean like a normal person. And I remember, I just had this thought, and it was my mom had always given me literature. You know, she'd always given me literature from her religion, and obviously in the hopes that I would read it. I never did. Right. But at that moment, I don't know why I just felt like picking up the book. I said, okay, I'm gonna go home and clean, and I'm gonna read. What else do I have to do? Like, I'm going to go back to, you know, I'm not I don't have any more money. I don't I'm just going to go home. And um, so I cleaned, I started cleaning. And I remember that I had an iPod touch at the time and iPod touches were great when they came out, but they didn't really have like a lot of volume. Like they really didn't. You like, have, yeah, yeah you're like- <laughs> they were not good. So and, I, and my room was like it was kind of big. So the volume wasn't really, you know, it wasn't great. And I didn't have a Bluetooth at the time. So I just put it on shuffle and I started cleaning and then like one thing led to the next and I just remember I got knocked out and I was on the floor and um when that happened the music was the first thing that I realized was not normal okay the volume of the music intensified itself Tenfold. exponentially. Yeah. Like I don't even want to say tenfold because it was like bizarre. I had never, I've never heard anything remotely close to that sound. And I remember the trumpets. Like, that's mm. all I remember. Like, I just remember trumpets. Like, and the song didn't even, the song wasn't even like produced with that much trumpet, but it was just, it was insane. And my life flashed before my eyes
0: I'm over here like so like at the end of my seat, like so excited (laughs) this is
1: hard for me to explain because this is not something that happens to people normally and it's not you know for me to for me to be able to get you to understand really what I was going through like I have to give you the details so that you could feel really what was happening yeah for sure I know that that was the gates of heaven opening. Absolutely. Like, I know that that was like literally the spirit of God being poured down onto yeah. me. And like, as I'm saying it right now, he's like, you're absolutely right. You know? And I just remember falling on the floor and just saying, the, these words were the only ones that came out of my, my mouth. My mom, my dad, my brother, my little sister. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Like, that's all I remember saying. About all of that. About 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 about. the whole thing. Because I couldn't talk because I was having an out-of-body experience. My body was literally shaking back and forth. The music was reverberating in the back of my mind. My legs were shaking. My mind was racing. I couldn't... I was completely... An encounter. I wasn't in control of what was going on. At all. At all. So those are the only words that I remember. And I was so confused.
0: (laughs) You're like, um... Okay. I was so
1: confused because this was like, I did not have any gospel music on my iPod. Right. Like, I was not listening to things that you listen to at right. church. I was listening to downright secular music.
0: Yeah.
1: And the Lord picked a song that still to this day, when I listen to it, everything just shakes up inside of me. It's a song by Mika. It's called Any Other World. And the song goes, In Any Other World, you could tell the difference. You know, wow. you thought <laughs> that there was this that this bitter man was in charge, and at that point, I was like, oh, I was looking at God. Like as the years go- went by, I was like, oh, what was he talking about? It was that I was thinking that God was in tra- like God is not a bitter man. That was my my revelation at the beginning. Right. Now I know that the song was talking about me living in a world where I'm not coming from, and that the person who's in charge here is not, not. the person that I need to be obeying, right? Um, and I don't even think the people who wrote this song realized that. That, that, like, yeah. that, that, you know, that <laughs> they did that. But um, I was super confused, and I didn't know what to do. I was in a really serious relationship at the time. Um, I was going to get married to this person, um, and I was—he was the only person that really I was comfortable enough speaking to about this. And he was obviously concerned. Like, he was like, "I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know how to help you." You know. And then I said, I think I'm going to talk to my mom. I'm going to talk to my mom. Okay, talk to your mom. And so I sat my mom down, like, two days later, and I asked, I told her. And the first thing she said was, were you on drugs? You were on drugs. You know, you were obviously on drugs. And that made me really upset. You know? Yeah. It made me really upset because all I wanted to was to have a moment of, like, just maybe common ground with her. And, like... Or some curiosity. You know, but... And I get it, like I didn't really give them enough trust for them to, you know, for her to think that it was something real, you know? Right. So I was really upset with her for a long time. And that happened in 20, uh, that happened in 2012. Um, From then up until I met, you know, my ex-husband, like I went through a whirlwind of, I don't really know what's happening because since I didn't have structure, I didn't have any people of God, you know, uh, speaking over my life at the moment. Right. I didn't, have Pouring any, in. I didn't have any proper counsel. I didn't have any guidance. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't doing anything. I was still very much in the world but with this, like, new thing in my in, stirring, you know, inside like. of me. Um, and I just knew it was God but, like, I didn't have a, a proper view of what God was. And so, I got spoken over me that I was, like, a psychic. That I had these, like, psychic abilities and gifts and these things and that. And I was like, every time I heard it, I was, I was like, i don't think so oh <laughs> i don't think that's what i experienced. i don't think so like I, I you know i think this is bigger but it confuses it confuses you whether right. you accept it or not it confuses you that's why i am so careful about what i consume now and the people that i allow to speak over my life because i don't ever want to be confused like that like, again yeah. like the god god is not a god of confusion Confucian. you know and things that are certain they're from him like so i It confused me and I ended up still living in the world, but you know, with like, I love God, you know, like, I love God, but I'm still living in the world, like, you know, still going out and getting high and drinking and, you know, hanging out with friends and occasionally, you know, sleeping around because uh, God is not gonna, you know, whatever. Because I love him. Because I love him (laughs) and like, you know, like, I, I know I'm not, I'm not going out and killing people. Right. I'm not going out and hurting anybody. I saw. So I must be good. Like right. I must be good. I'm a good citizen of this world. Which I'm is not the logic
0: of most. I want like that's what I want to um, kind of highlight for a second. That's what happens in most. Like most times, like I encounter God, I love God. But like, who's teaching true sanctification? Who's teaching that process? Who's saying like, yes, there is grace. Yeah. But because you love God, like there's a certain standard mm-hmm. that He has for you. Yeah. Because He loves you right? Like way more than we could ever love him. Totally. So it's in that little, I'm sorry, in that little like space that it's like, oh man, like, oh, confusion. Oh, do I go back? Oh, this is uncomfortable. Oh, I don't know what to do. Um, So I want to encourage anybody in that specific place. Like, no, keep going. Yeah. Seek God. Seek God. Like, let him take the layers off of you that no longer serve you so that he can bring you a place to a place that you will that you never even thought Absolutely. possible, Absolutely. which I'm sure that we will get to um, in your life, yeah. right? Because we are not the same. Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, so how did that, uh, like, what did he free you from in that moment after, yeah. after all that encounter and confusion? Like, when did you really feel like, okay, God, like this is it?
1: Yeah, so I love that you said like layers because the person that I am today is a person that has been through extreme refinement yeah. and years of layers being pulled back Absolutely. exposed and then I've been like I feel like I've been made anew into the, like this like brand new indestructible sculpture because I've been made with like the holy spirit you amen. know amen and so through that process like there was a lot of still um I want to say I was still being introduced to a lot of things that weren't good for me mm-hmm. and so When I right around the time that I met my ex-husband, which was around twenty fourteen, I uh, I was okay. Like I was doing well. Like physically, I was healthy. I was I was happy. Nobody was bothering me. Like I was working and I was focused on my thing. But because I wasn't, I didn't have a firm foundation. This relationship took over my life. Right. And out of this relationship which we've talked about very many times, and if you know me personally, you know about you know my relationship with my ex-husband. Um, the most beautiful thing that could have ever happened to me happened, which was I have my beautiful son. Besties. The best thing that has ever happened to me. Um, and he is an inheritance from the Lord. Like Absolutely. to me, he's everything. Like to me, he is the biggest gift that God gave me because it is the best connection that I have to God. Right. Is the relationship that I have with my son? Because, like you mentioned earlier, I didn't. I I have I have to understand God from the perspective of as a kid and having my parents, and as a parent now having, having my kid. kid. Yeah. So my kid. Fun was, dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> my kid was a key component in that equation because it was like everything came full circle. Right. Like now you understand what it's like to be a kid, and now you understand what it's like to be a parent. Now, let me tell you how I work. Like, let me tell you how I feel. So my relationship with my ex-husband was, it was traumatizing, you know? It was traumatizing, to say the least. Um, I don't want to bash him or speak ill of him because no matter what happened between us, he's still the father of my son, and I pray for him constantly because my son deserves that. But the fact of the matter is that we went through the ringer and it was bad. It wasn't just like a, you know, normal, toxic relationship where you have, you know, cheating and, and, and uh, you know, your occasional like your basic worldly, toxic relationship yeah. standards. It was like my entire world was under attack because mentally he is not well. Right. And so there was so much abuse. You know, there was so... And through the years, there was just so much heartache, so much confusion. You know, having to see your significant other in a psych ward is not easy. You know?
0: Unrecognizable.
1: And having to deal with the fact that, like, that's the father, you know, the father of your kid. Like, God was really, really refining me at that moment. Right. Because I did not know what to do and I didn't think I was going to come out alive. Um, And I didn't think my son was going to come out alive. So during that time... Before I started getting freed from all this stuff, I was still very much like... In it. Getting, yeah, in it and receiving it and like just drowning in it, to be honest. I was drowning in it. Right. Um, and it took me a really long time to come out of it because... Even though I wasn't really, I didn't always grow up thinking my mom had the best advice. One thing that she always said to me that stuck with me was, like, we don't get a divorce. Like, we just don't do that. You yeah. know? Like, my parents are still you together. You've to see it through, my bruh. You have to see it through. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. and I didn't really, to be honest, I didn't really want to get married, but I did it because it was the right thing to do. And, um, I was not gonna give up on it i wasn't i you know i, I feel that you know and and i just, like god just really kept telling me like you cannot help somebody that doesn't want to receive help yeah like i knew that there was something wrong when i was hiding his medication i knew that there was something wrong when i was scared to sleep at night i mm-hmm. knew that there was something wrong when i didn't know where he was or for days on end and and all this stuff and And I was terrified, but God knew that I wasn't going to let it go on my own. I wasn't. And I remember like being left with no option. You know, he's like, you're not going to ask. He's going to ask. He asked me for a divorce. Right. You know, he came up to me and he said, we're done. You know, things got so bad that God was not going to allow me to stay in that miserable situation. He was going to leave me with no choice and I got left. So I got dumped and that was like my way out Mm -hmm. you know that was my way out but as a person who still has a child with that person as somebody who wants a family as somebody who wants to give it their best i did try to make that relationship work even after he asked me for a divorce right and i don't regret it because i learned so much more by wanting to take that second chance but i know how much it delayed right and and derailed me from really what like my purpose is you know in life and i wouldn't do it any other way but it definitely did that and so now being a divorced woman like now being fully in control of my life god started little by little taking away these things that i didn't even know were hurting me that i didn't even know were keeping me and so i was going to church on and off when my son was like about one or two years old and then i let it go because i didn't have the support of anybody and i wasn't really sturdy enough so i kind of just let it go and i grew up in doral like that's my that's my home and i drive by you know galloway all the time but i never stepped into the church um until one day i just saw the mural of the lion and and my last name is leon and i have a really big fascination with like you know lions lions and stuff obviously (laughs) um and I just said, okay, like, I'm going to walk in there, you know, I'll walk in there. It's the worst that can happen, right? What's <laughs> the worst that can happen. And my first time was good, but it left me like kind of wanting for more. It wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, oh my God, like this is it. It was like, it was good. Just keep coming back. Right. So I did. And I didn't even bring my son, you know, at the beginning because I wanted to really check it out for myself. and. I just I just remember being floored. Like, I remember being floored when I stayed, you know? Um, and I didn't, I, I now knew this time, like, okay. Like, this is where I find that atmosphere right. that I remember feeling so many years ago that I have not felt in such a long time. And I decided to stay. I decided to plant my feet at the church and just say, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna commit to it because I have nothing else to lose. I'm completely shattered. My world was broken. I was divorced. I was broke. I was in debt. I was depressed. My family was falling apart. My parents were, I mean, like... Yeah, everything I, was crumbling. I, you know, <laughs> my life is falling apart. What do I have to lose? Yeah. Nothing. So I stuck around. And I remember, like, making the decision to just get to know God better. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not like these people. You know, I come from really, really dark background and yeah. I'm probably not going to be like accepted. I'm probably not going to be like, I'm I'm not going to have an easy time making friends. People are going to judge me. I just want to get to know God. And if these people can enlighten me and they can teach me something that I don't know, Great. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. And so, and so I stuck around and I remember going through brave life, which is, you know, the discipleship um, course. And, and I remember just, taking in the advice to open up really about what was going on in my life at the time. Right. With the women that were surrounding me. Right. And I said, God, you can have it. Like you can have my vulnerability. You can have my openness. I would have never been able to have this conversation flat out with people before, because you're talking about your innermost yeah. being. Like it's not your something, lowest
0: moments. It's right? not
1: just like coffee talk, you know? Um, and I realized the power of testimony and I realized the power of, opening up about the things that have hurt you in the hope that you would be released from it and then you could also help other people be released yeah
0: it It says in the book of james that healing comes when we pray for one another right like pray for one another, and then you shall be healed and i wish that that was more sometimes more highlighted Mm -hmm. whether in the world or even even sometimes in our own church in the body that's the point of the podcast right the point of the podcast is so people can see like who we were before god now we encounter him we are now freed layers are being taken back i'm talking about like even in this situation with you insecurity gone like loneliness the lack of peace everything was filled when you when you encountered god um And then the the most important thing after that is figuring out like, okay, now what's our new assignment? Now, what is it that we are here to do? Because in the world, the world told us who we were. And oh my goodness, did I unwrap myself in that vision of who the world told me that I was, right? 100%. Which is when we feel lack, when we feel empty, when we are trying to find validation in other people, when we're trying to find validation in the opposite sex so that we can feel filled. Um, But now there's a new calling. Now there was a new caller, you know, before the world was calling. Yes. Uh, Mr. Worldwide, hi. Now Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm done with you. 305. <laughs> um, but now, like, the creator of the world. Yes. You know, Mr. Amen. Worldwide is nobody no. <laughs> compared to the creator of, of the, the world. Universe. Everything. Of everything. And now there's a new calling. Now there's a new assignment, right? Where now our pain is now purpose Amen. and that's the point of uh, trying to connect those those people with the same calling so even though you've been through this even though that you have you know seen the darkness how much brighter is
1: the light i mean it's beyond yeah. i think that's the reason for it i think the the reason because i know myself and i know that i'm the type of person that like i don't just see it and then i run with it like i have to really be shown and prove that and god said i'm gonna prove it right to you you're gonna see what the pit of hell looks like and then you're gonna tell me if you like this side better. Like he said, look at the receipts. Look, look at look at what I've done. And now my life, I don't even see my life as like a storyline, like a Western storyline. Like I've I've really tried. Like I, I'm telling you, like I want to get to know God so much Rachel. because I want I want to not focus on the end of my life. I really wanna cherish the journey. And I don't want to see my life as a full blown you know, climax, resolution. Like, I really want to live in the chiasm of my life because that's what God intended for us when he started, yeah. you know, life and... and um, with him. With him, with him by our side. And I see that so much now in my son. Right. You know, I, you know, we obviously talked about this a lot, but I, I recently just gained full custody of, of my child. And that to me was one of the biggest, like rewards that the Lord gave me because I was fighting for his safety for right. so long and Absolutely. I was so scared. I was so scared that I was just going to have to deal with that. And God said, just chill. I had so many people throughout the process tell me, just chill, chill. Yeah. like just relax. Like you did this, you did this, you did this, you did that. Okay. You're good. Just chill. Yeah. Just God's chill. the judge. Let God do the rest. Yeah. Like, let God do the rest. And I even had the judge laugh you know, at me because I was—he was like, "Are you serious?" Like he's like, "Wipe your boogers!" Like, and I'm like, "No!" I can't believe. It. But you know, it—it was—it was just solid proof that like God is is so present in, in my life, and there is always something. I don't—I I looked at God before, even before like, past the hatred. Once I knew He was a there, Real. I was looking at God as somebody that you lean on for help when times are hard. Right. I look at God now as my, the oxygen that fills my oh, lungs. Oh honey,
0: <laughs> I don't care what I'm telling so God, if it's um, anything, everything. I want to tell him he's my best friend, my dad, my everything. counselor, everything. Everything. And I think that that's the the misconception of a lot of people, even even sometimes still believers, <laughs> like. God is not the SOS helpline. No. God God is the preventative line. 100%. God is the one that's going to say, hey, watch out, there's a speed bump right there before you fall flat on your face. Then you want to call God because you have a scratch on you. (laughs) No, sir, you should have listened prior to him telling you that there was a speed bump there. And I think that in that journey is when it's like you said, bro, we want to enjoy the journey. There is something for God to teach you in every season. Mm -hmm. I have one white hair one white hair right Me too. Bro, i'm so mad i'm so mad i have one right white hair right and god's like like are you gonna pluck it out or <laughs> are you gonna leave it there right these are conversations i have with god this is not an sos you know what i'm saying he's my dad and are you gonna leave it there you're gonna pluck it out i said god if i pluck it out i heard you get 10 more you know what i'm saying i'm not trying to have 10 more and he said he like he's like this is a sign of wisdom sign of wisdom i said yes. but but can it be cuter You know what I'm saying? Because I have dark black hair. And it's in those moments, little details, little moments, things that my daughter tells me that I feel so tried that I literally feel like my blood is boiling. God's like, imagine how I feel, girl. All the time. With you. All the time. And I'm like, you're so right like this is a back and forth this is a relationship yes you are not a hotline
1: <laughs> bling you, you know ex- what i'm saying you expect to hang up the hotline and never speak to that person again
0: yeah this is an ongoing
1: conversation yeah.
0: like this is run my minutes it's a relationship
1: <laughs> it's a relationship yeah. it's the most important relationship that you're ever gonna have because it makes everything else make sense and everything without it makes absolutely no, no sense, sense at all like I tried. Like yeah. you you know that and I think that that's what's great about this is you know this this show is because the people that come here are all going to have a different point of view, right? And that just makes it so much better for the Holy Spirit to come in and encounter whoever's on the other side and say, "Oh, I relate to that person on that particular thing." So that means it could happen to me and 100 it can oh yeah because god is just waiting for that yep. god is just waiting for you to have the slightest inclination that's what he did. <laughs> literally that's one what little he crack open and he's swore door. But i mean like literally what happened to yeah. me when i barely even said i'm gonna read the book yeah like even with my face con mala like, cara. Annoyance, like mm-hmm. con mala cara. and he said oh really you're gonna open a book you're gonna open a book to teach you about Perfect. religion even if it's not <laughs> even if it's not what i want let's go let's yeah. do it and so he did and i'm confident that that could happen to anyone you know and speaking about what we're doing now and you know what yeah, the, the new purpose calling, the, yeah the new, new calling assignment. um when my son was a baby probably like uh this was right before the divorce i remember putting him to bed one night and i just heard so loudly take care of the kids and i was like what I am taking care of the kids. he's sleeping, like <laughs> breathing alive. He's a good, like, ugh, I know, take care of the kids. And I was like, well, I don't have kids. I only have one kid. I mean, I have my sister, you know, but what does that mean? And this was like years ago. And little by little, God has opened my eyes through the process that I've been through with my custody battle, my divorce, everything that I've seen, all the departments that I've gotten to know, all of the, you know, the services out there. Um, God has really clarified that for me, that my, my, you know, purpose, my calling here, obviously, besides ministering to my family and taking care of that aspect, what you give to the world is I'm here to take care of children. I'm here to take care of children. And right now, I've been given an amazing opportunity through our church, you know, which I'm so grateful for and I'm so excited about. Absolutely. Um, And we're going to start giving back to the community for the children. You know, we're going to start doing this on on a regular basis and uh you know it it just it came with so much ease and so much joy and so much like excitedness and like the door was just wide open that it was just so clear that it was from god you know god 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 will make it apparent to you and he will give you the things that you know are good for you. Yeah. you know. So what so, are you doing
0: with the kids? What are the, what are we helping the, the kids yes. with?
1: Yeah. So right now we are working with his house. Okay. Um, and it's a center for children who are in transition through, you know, their living situation right now. Uh, they all have different stories, different backgrounds, but the fact of the matter is that they're being taken care of in this facility by these wonderful individuals. Um, and we are just going to do fun stuff with them you know where are we going we are we are going to be painting we are going to be playing games we're going to be doing cooking classes right. we're going to be making music we're going to be doing the things that as a child fill you with joy so that you know that that joy is real and that it's for you like mm-hmm. that god intended it for you that Absolutely. your circumstances Don't dictate the joy that you carry. Happiness is conditional. Joy isn't. Right. You know, joy doesn't depend on your your circumstances. Circumstances. You just carry that where you go. Again, something my dad taught me. Right. You know what I mean. That no matter what, it just it all goes back. God works like that. He goes, oh, you saw this. Now remember when I did
0: that for you. Do you want to know something?
1: Like as you're talking, obviously I'm a
0: very visual. Person. You've heard my analogies when God gives me crazy yes. like ideas. It, the risen, for example, was God's crazy idea. Yeah. So right now, as you're talking to me, you're saying like it goes back. Yeah. Like, God, God is obviously. A, let's say he's a gardener. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like he's over here planting little seeds in the beginning of your life, the middle, the end, over here, and it's like the Bible. When you read the Bible, you have to go back to another book. There's context. There's uh, everything connects to one another. The Old Testament is literally prophesying the New Testament, and the New Testament is the Old Testament fulfilled. Like there is always going to be a connection because God is a God uh, in the details. Mm-hmm. There's details in your life that He wanted to see. Um, okay. In a bad situation can she still see the lesson that i am trying to teach her because at the end of the day i'm still good yeah i am still yeah. good yeah and that's so difficult and now that like you're gonna you know obviously i'm so excited for this outreach that we're doing for these kids because they deserve it yeah you know these kids are put in situations by you know grown grown-ups um, that may be intentional or maybe unintentional but nonetheless the kids are the ones suffering totally so i love that your calling is to step in and to you know, show the love of God. Show the love of God to these children that have never experienced that joy, that have never experienced that peace. Like, wow, somebody cares about me. Somebody cares about doing something with me. Yeah. And how can people connect with you? How can people know uh, when's the next outreach? Totally. Where's your Instagram? What do we do? How do we do it? I want to help all the kids too. Totally.
1: Um, so you guys can find me on Instagram um, at the Jen Leon. T H E G N Mm -hmm. l-e-o-n and you can just contact me there i mean my profession is real estate related and that's another that's a whole other vision that the lord has given me and that's basically like my i guess my machine you know what i what i will use to produce the product Mm -hmm. the product is everything else that goes on you know outside of that but my main my main uh my main career is real estate Um, but if, you know, if anybody wants to connect with me to talk about outreaches, to talk about possibilities and giving back to the community, to giving back to the children, you know, I'm just a DM away. So so. as well
0: as real estate, you know, crypto real estate.
1: I'm crypto certified. Uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So,
0: um, honestly, Jen, this has been like a pleasure, obviously, (laughs) because you're one of my best friends and I love to see God shine through you. I love to see God use your pain for somebody else's purpose, you know, like Your story is going to touch the lives of so many people's story. Um, To see God in the midst of a storm, to see God like, man, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's, but if it happened to her and if I could open a a little piece of a book and God's going to wreck me through a secular song, like God will use a burning bush. A Or to talk to you because he loves you so much. And everybody listening, he loves us so much that he is willing to leave the 99 for us. So it has been such a pleasure. I am so grateful for you. If can I pray for you before we go ahead of and leave? Course. Of course. Father God, right now I just bless this episode. I bless Jen As we um, end this podcast, Father God, I ask that you just continue to use us, continue to partner with us so that we can continue to spread your word and your goodness across the world, Father God. I just love you and I thank you for Jen's life. May an outpouring of blessings just open the heavens for her and her family that they may be reconciled, that they may be healed in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I love you. (laughs)